0: this is shift run stop a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy
1: and interviews are we wearing the same top
2: (laughs) i hope so where's yours come from mine's mountain warehouse i think
1: uh, mine's a Uniqlo pattern so. Oh, yours is very fancy
0: We're all wearing quite sort of um, uh, I don't know, su- almost semi-survival gear yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's the year for it
0: I'm your headphones Come shake your tail at
3: me I'm
2: I uh, exclusively wear Fjallraven trousers now, um, including indoors. Well, they're like um, Swedish, uh, you know, hiking, walking, hunting trousers, like proper technical trousers. <laughs> and so,
1: that's the company that I thought that I imagined almost exclusively made backpack for cute girls.
2: <laughs> that's exactly what they make. The Fjallraven you'll recognise as being the little fox logo. On the back of a, a backpack, on the back of a cute girl. That's uh, that's what they make. But they also make really good um, trousers. And yeah, that's it's uh, replaced my Levi five hundred ones as being my my go-to pair of uh, pair of trousers to keep me co- cozy. I'm
0: has anyone actually been buying clothes though this year because i've decided that i'm going to try and not buy any new clothes for the 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 entire of the next year um and and as a result have been wearing things like summer clothes in the winter which is quite normal just kind of (laughs) go i'll make it work
1: i bought uh, a pair of trainers that's the only thing i've bought basically i've been um since march i've I haven't really left the house since March, but I have been walking around for like about ninety minutes a day outside, and the trainers I, w- I was using literally fell apart. And uh, for about for about a couple of weeks, I was walking around with um, with shoes where the the soles were duct taped to the to the mains, <laughs> oh, and it, wow. it was very kind of like zombie movie aesthetic, but. Um, yeah, no, it's the thing that um, basically just before the second lockdown, we I kind of had to rush to a to a sports shop just to <laughs> just to get a new pair of... Get some trainers. Trainers.
3: I'm in computers. I'm in the mainframe. I'm in your headphones. Come shake your tail at me.
2: Oh, it's great! So you've been cutting your hair, Leila. How confident are you with the old snip snip? Are you uh, you getting good at yeah, that?
0: No, not at all. I just cut the ends, so it just kind of get, gets longer up to a point, and then it sort of breaks off. Um, but uh, no, it's it's easier if you're if you're a woman or a person who's already known to have long hair. <laughs> but it's, it it's long
2: enough that you can reach the ends if it was yes. up. Up, kind of at chin level, it would be much. Well, I imagine you'd be more relying on a mirror. It's
0: very hard to get it obviously straight all the way round because of the Mm. the, you know the circular head shape and the way the hair starts (laughs) in different places and stuff so there are tricks that you can do like if you i mean there was a whole spate on youtube it's brilliant actually of how to cut your own hair videos um really early uh-huh. on in the first lockdown loads of hairstylists were like fuck we're out of work let's make some youtube videos so it was like, Here's how monetize to this hair.
2: content and they
0: was like, yeah. um, but they're really good they're like you know if you put your hair in a if you put your hair in plaits or bunches i think and then cut the bottom oh. you get a certain shape and um, and then, yeah, there was a haircut for men, which I don't know if any of our listeners will have seen this, but it's like a bit like your haircut, actually, Rui, really where you can do that yourself. And there's like a sort of 10 step way of cutting your own hair into like a sort of shave around the sides and a bit longer on the top thing, um, which is Ooh. very fashionable at the moment. So, yeah, the the
2: standard haircut.
0: Yeah, the standard <laughs> man's.
2: Yeah, I'll get a man. <laughs> if men. I went to a barber's and they said, Name your hairstyle, you know, what, what is it you're looking for? I would have no no way of describing it I, all, all i have to do is go in sort of six months at, at, at the most i think is what i've learned i can get away with and they just do a shorter version of whatever you're currently doing and that's fine <laughs>
1: yeah i mean before i knew the numbers before i used uh, i used to uh if they say what sort of haircut you you want i would say did you see john hurt in the movie version of 1984 <laughs>
2: The, the famous john hurt in 1994. <laughs> yeah. Ever
1: that's say
3: yes. <laughs> like,
1: no. You? No. I mean it's I, but but fortunately, you know, I would often have a a, a camera, you know, like a, an internet phone and could bring up a use that <laughs> as my search criteria for, uh, to to what my just hair you that yeah.
2: john hurt on on cash is yeah, what you need.
1: Essentially a very severe sides and a short stop.
2: It's a very different Christmas, I think, than last year. It doesn't feel very Christmassy to me just yet. Are you Are you starting to sing jingle bells and, and decorate your, your house?
1: It still feels like March, to be honest.
0: Yeah. You feel stuck in a time warp.
2: The March that never ended. Seems like a lot of people kind of want to enjoy a normal Christmas and are pushing quite hard in that direction, maybe because they know that it's going to be tricky. So, I don't know, maybe it's a huge sub- subconscious effort across the country and across the world to get back into kind of sprouts and parsnips and you know all of the accoutrements of Christmas maybe as a kind of reaction to, to the weird weird year that we've had.
1: Sprouts manufacturers make most of their money during the Christmas period so. I mean they're bound to surely. <laughs> Are they just, called, aren't
2: they just called
0: farmers Lee? <laughs> sprouts,
1: <laughs> manufacturers. sprouts manufacturers.
2: Sprout
0: factories. <laughs>
2: Sprout. Growers. The Growers of the sprouts, yeah. I mean, they, they presumably have quite a lean time at the rest of the time. If you if you specialize in sprouts and you only, <laughs> only grow sprouts, you probably have a pretty terrible January to November, I imagine. It's like Christmas trees, you it takes a year to grow them, you can't well, more than a year, it takes you know, five, ten years to grow a big one. You can't uh, you, you can't rely on it as a, a, a trade through the summer. You <laughs> make all the money, all the money is all in one fell swoop, doesn't it? I wonder what they do during the summer,
0: Christmas tree. M- manufacturers
2: <laughs> i think, I think they, they wait i think they probably have to they water have another, i imagine there's probably a. Mm. yeah
0: no i don't mean like what do they do i mean what do they do for money do they grow something else that's very summer specific during the summer and then like a related yeah. thing like um i don't know i don't know what would be
2: Some, something for, that would offset your your wintry seasonal
0: yeah
2: mm. yeah What well, could you oh. what do you grow or, or, um Coconuts would would be a sensible thing to offset against Christmas trees. If you could grow coconuts for the the making of coconut oil and, um, yeah, for the manufacture of uh, suntan lotion. And in the winter, you just sweep in there with your Christmas trees. (laughs) Shift, run, stop. Hello, it's Adam Tandy here from the very first Shift Run Stop, wishing you all
4: a very Merry Christmas from the Covid-secure
2: set of Inside Number 9. I've bought some snacks for me today. Um, I, I believe that Layla, you've um, you've also been shopping for for snacks. Yeah. Um, so we can have a little little compare and contrast of what's on the Christmasy shelves. Um, by the time we're finished recording this episode, we're going to be feeling very festive.
0: I hope so.
1: <laughs> is that the challenge. That's the challenge. You've got thirty <laughs> minutes to get festive.
2: <laughs> first, uh, first thing to share with you is I found in my local co-op these Oreo snowy enrobed <laughs> biscuits very festive so these are oreos um, i must admit i had one of these last night so i'm, I'm uh, slightly spoiled by having tasted one already but they're a kind of white chocolate coated uh oreo biscuit and i'm delighted to say i think i chose well the white chocolate works very nicely actually against the um the kind of nice dark biscuit
0: can we see a side view? We must have
2: discussed before. We'll have a profile view. it's
0: quite thick, quite a good coating.
2: It's a good coating. It's thick. Um, it's it's proper white chocolate. It tastes sort of milky bar quality. I did allow it to kind of linger in the mouth just for a few seconds, just to allow it to you know m- melt off a little bit. And I I like the way that it um, complements the the dark biscuit. And I I know that we've discussed this on the show. I don't know if Lee was on this particular episode, but I think we agreed that Oreo biscuit is not a chocolate biscuit. It's, it's got like a... It's an interesting flavour, isn't it? Do, do we know what Oreo biscuits taste of? In the, in the normal kind of, you know, just that black biscuit thing. It, it's not charcoal. It's not charcoal. <laughs> what is it? Do, does, does anyone know?
1: charcoal biscuit. Uh, it's not
2: like a, a, a dog treat that's a charcoal biscuit. It's... I th- it, oh, well, oh... So the, the packet says chocolate-flavored biscuits. So I take back my. Oh, is it American, uh, is it American chocolate, chocolate
0: flavor though? Because Americans have a different idea about what that's chocolate tastes right. like. don't they? So maybe that's why it's strange yeah. and
2: unusual. Maybe it, if if you have your mind in the um, in the Hershey's chocolate space, maybe it does taste like a chocolate biscuit. Yeah. It certainly doesn't taste like a you know any any sort of real chocolate. So yeah, I, I would highly recommend if you if you see them out and about um, over the next next few weeks, the Oreo snowy and robed biscuit, I think, is a very good good purchase. Mm -hmm. They were quite good, They're maybe a pound for a packet of um, six little packets of pairs of of biscuits. Um, uh, I I imagine they won't be available in February. I think this is probably going to be uh, a bit of a seasonal treat. But yeah, I'd snap them up while you can.
3: I'm on computers I'm in the mainframe
2: i your headphones. Come shake your tail at me. What have
0: you got, later? I chose the sort of weirdest things that didn't look absolutely disgusting in, um, in Aldi. And Aldi actually quite goes for Christmas in quite a big way with its exotic and like, luxury stuff. Um, and mm. so this one I thought was interesting in terms of like what these might be. It says it's a chocolate fruit and nut selection. And you can see there are some gold ones and some chocolate, white chocolate, and... So I thought is this, I uh, ram- Do you think
2: these are wrapped or is that the um, gold spray paint?
0: I think it's the spray <laughs> the spray paint again, wow. <laughs> which we had before. Wow. We, uh, we had that like, with some eggs, didn't we, once on here? We I did. Really we had some
2: gold golden glitter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I'll try one of the gold spray painted eggs, uh, egg nuts, whatever they are. Um, so yeah, I've got I have got quite a few things, but um, I'll start with this. Let's see. Hmm. Mmm. It's a hazelnut, I think. I don't know if they're all hazelnuts. They could be.
2: Is it? Has the hazelnut been enrobed in chocolate and then spray-painted? It has been en- enrobed. It's um,
0: <laughs> um, it been
2: enrobed, so suitably yes, enrobed in sorry,
0: chocolate. Yes, sorry, um, yes. I, I ate it so quickly I didn't get a chance to see what it was. Um, I think it's been, like, rolled in gold stuff after being covered in chocolate. It says chocolate, hazelnuts, almonds, cashews and cherries. And hazelnuts, nice. when you get mixed nuts, usually... It seems to be, like, 95% hazelnuts, doesn't it? I think. So I think maybe they they're the, the cheapest. must be the cheapest nuts. Yeah.
2: Mm. I, like I think Brazil nuts. They're filler nut. are very expensive. Yes. Walnut, I think, is an expensive nut, whereas a hazelnut, you'd probably get a lot more of them.
0: Mm. <laughs> Hazel- yeah. A lot
2: more of them for your, for your, for your pound. You're buying pound in the uh, the mixed fruit and nut factory. They're probably very keen on buying hazelnuts. They're
0: a, they're a filler nut. They're a carnation of the <laughs> nut world. Sure.
2: Carnation. Is that the, the standard filler flower mm-hmm. if you're getting a, a, a yeah. bunch of flowers and it's mostly carnations? Is that is that a filler?
0: Carnations and chrysanthemums. Shift, run, stop.
2: Um <laughs> I've got another one to share with you. Mm-hmm. I've got a lint chocolate snowflake mm. which um again, this is my, my local local shop socially distance co-op. Uh this is
1: it looks it it looks nice very kind of related to the uh the lint easter uh was it a rabbit or something that we had
2: yeah maybe well this one the other year mm, I'm, i we've definitely had a, a lint confection um this one though i'm going to try and do this not over my keyboard because it's going to uh going to put sh- smithers of it's going to put chocolate everywhere uh it breaks in half it's got a little a little line to to snap it in half so good for mm. sharing with your with your friends and
0: it's sort of about the size of a mm. large biscuit. It looks like, and it's white chocolate inside, is it, and covered in dark mm. brown, normal brown chocolate, milk chocolate. It's,
2: it's, it's milk chocolate with a creamy white filling, according to the front of the packet. A creamy white filling. <laughs> no, no, it's not not even a creamy white chocolate filling. Because it, it is white. It's some white matter.
3: It's some
2: white matter.
0: Yeah.
3: We've got
2: some expanding foam <laughs> off the back of a lorry and we've enrobed it in white in milk chocolate. Yeah, that put me right off actually. As soon as I, uh, as soon as I read the word <laughs> white filling, I suddenly lost all appetite. That's alright though. I mean it's, it, it, it's it's chocolate adjacent on the inside. If it was chocolate they would say chocolate, right? <laughs> I
0: know that just are just like giving up. We can't we can't call it anything else. It's not acceptable.
2: We just describe the <laughs> colour of it. <laughs> for legal legal that's as far as we can go. <laughs> <laughs> even said like tasty. It's not we can't even legally say it. it's a tasty filling.
1: <laughs> it just enjoy a bit of white.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's worth looking out for. I think that was cheap. I think that was fifty P uh, individually, or maybe like two for sixty P. It was it was surprisingly cheap for the Lint brand.
4: I'm Eben Upton from Raspberry Pi. I was on episode 62, eight and a half years ago, back in 2012. Uh, well, we're almost out of 2020, thank God. So, Merry Christmas to everyone at Shift Run Stop. So I got the
0: these two... Which was the cheeky elf, which I haven't seen before.
1: <laughs> cheeky elf. <laughs>
0: He's made is of a, some tasty brown.
2: A, a Thornton's. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, a Thornton's cheeky elf. Um, a, Thorntons cheeky elf.
0: Um, a Thornton's cheeky elf. It does say milk chocolate wow. uh, with smooth centre and hint of toffee flavour. So that might actually be quite nice. Um, but Interesting. But then it's an all chocolate a hint of to- I don't know. Um, and this, which is, I think I showed you guys before, because it's kind of my favourite thing this year, which is the tiny Milky Bar reindeer. <coughs> Which has sort of been—it's it's kind sweet. of cosplaying the Milky Bar Kid with large round glasses and a little um, cowboy boy bandana oh, of on. Sort of.
2: I'm really glad you made that connection because I was looking at the uh, the picture of the, the reindeer with his glasses on, thinking, why have they? Why is it a nerdy reindeer? What what, what connection is? And of course, the Milky Bar Kid, famous for his his thick rimmed glasses.
0: Yeah, but also the, the Milky Bar Kid isn't really. I mean, is he still around? Is, like, have we heard from him recently? Have they just bring it back through the reindeer? Like, it's, I don't know.
2: That's a good question. Children will be confused. Yeah. Children like me will be wondering why Milky Bar has this kind of bookish character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
1: yet, <laughs> and yet, they're not the. They're, in Layla's case, Layla knew who it was. And Layla is clearly a part of the chocolate buying public.
2: It's true. It works. Yeah. It worked. It influenced you. Yeah. It made made you want to buy it. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I mean, as as a package, they've done well there. Yes, it so
0: all
3: So,
2: is there? Um, is it a? It's not going to be a solid lump of the Milky Bar. This it's is going to be a, a, no,
0: it's sort of a um, shell, right? I think we know what it what is inside. It's a standard. Oh, it's <laughs> inside yeah. inside you wouldn't obviously without the ears. They've added the ears because they've gone. We can't make this look like a reindeer without ears. But the chocolate itself right. is like a sort of little ghost of a. Nerd. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's like a nerd I mean
2: it looks it looks like a door handle I don't know I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. It's yeah
0: it's like a, it's about door handle size and shape and it's white chocolate hollow um, and uh, it has the faint impression of the milky bar kid's face on it and I'll, I'll, but once I'll you take it.
2: take it away from the packet. Then there's no hint towards ears. Like they they've, no.
0: It's, they've, it's the, like a the the been ears given only a num-
2: on the outside. Been
0: given a number one. <laughs> they wow.
2: Mean, they removed the
0: ears. Um, but you could, I don't know. I mean, they could have done something with this because the ears are actually on like a detachable cardboard backing that you feel like you could make another creature there and put ears.
2: Mm. Or you know, pop a pop a hole through it, tie a little bit of ribbon. You could put that on your Christmas tree, and <laughs> you've got some. <laughs> <laughs> some, some milky bar ears <laughs> with, to decorate your tree
0: with those like ingredients and stuff on the back
2: but, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm not saying it's been well designed for this purpose but it's about they the right should size have
0: thought of it. yes they could have done more with that it seems strange and odd and i don't really know what they were doing but the chocolate's delicious as always with milky bar
2: now i consider it the lint snowflake that i was just enjoying with its creamy, creamy white filling a little hole punch through the top of the packet of that it's not too heavy i think you could get away with hanging that on on the the uh, tree it's only 20 grams of chocolate i think you could hang that on the on the tree i might i might look into this i could imagine putting uh instead of just buying chocolate baubles or uh, i I think cabri do a um a pack Mm -hmm.
0: of the little purple yeah drop things yeah
2: dairy milk chocolate Tree accoutrements. You could just go down to your local co-op and buy a handful of, a handful of individually packaged, uh, you know,
0: it feels very decadent bar though <laughs>
2: reindeer. It's very decadent. You could throw, throw some. Never occurred to me. You don't have to buy Christmas-themed and branded uh, confectionery to put on your Christmas tree. You could buy Mars bars. You could. You could do literally <laughs> anything. You could get there a, are a pack no of rolls. And, uh, there are no rules. You could get a pack of Skittles and tie it to your Christmas tree if you wanted to.
0: There's a show a on, technology. There's a show on Netflix um called Mr. Christmas and um it's one of these like Netflix um kind of uh, makeover shows. And the guy goes into families' houses and completely transforms their houses um, according to some Christmas theme that they give. Well, that he usually comes up with, and it is quite amazing. Is this, like is interior this design, a,
2: a Christmas edition of a show that is on during the year. I don't think year, so. This, I don't think
0: he's like Mr. Like Mr. A... Autumn and Mr. Summer, and then at Christmas he's Mr. Christmas. I think it's just like mm. a new thing. Although obviously they were all done last Christmas because they're all like, oh yeah, we're going to have you having a big family get together, and they're and they're all in a, <laughs> and they're all in America, so they've all got gigantic houses houses and um but he just does everything and they also what the yard instead of the garden it's like call it a garden god it's <laughs> <that> a yard <laughs> um, you're, yes, but... you're doing
2: it wrong <laughs> lyricans but
0: the... not what we call it <laughs> but well i always get really confused cause i'm like where's the yard all i can see is a lovely big garden with like lots of trees and grass and um but yeah so he, he makes huge props and sticks them on the side of houses and makes you rethink like you're saying then like what what is it okay to put on a tree and what would you put on the outside of your house? Like you could put a, um he was thinking it's like spray painting, like inflatable gym ball things, I think they were, like those big rubber bouncy ball things and they had those. It sounds very Neil
2: Buchanan, if I may say yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very art attack.
0: <laughs> but then they throw loads of money at lights and stuff like that, so the house just looks amazing at the end, like something oh. like a, you know, a palace... Um, but yes. right, art
2: attack on a budget. I like it on a big budget. On a bigger budget,
0: yeah, American Art Attack.
2: And where, where are we? Where are we watching this Mister Christmas show? Is this on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Series?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Do, do they have a corresponding
1: Mister Halloween, <laughs> where you know, sort of yeah. like movie horror movie professionals get you know go round to people's houses to turn them into uh, you know spectacular nightmares.
2: If they haven't thought of it, we should probably get it commissioned. Because if you come up with an idea, I understand you don't have to then implement it. Somebody else can produce it. You just, you know, need to need to flog them the idea. I've got one more uh, thing to share with you, which is a bar of dairy milk winter gingerbread, uh, which is chocolate Ooh. with, as far as I can see from the outside of the packet, maybe it's got little flakes of gingerbread in the chocolate. Mm. Let's find out. I've noticed
0: there's a lot of gingerbread flavour things this year. It seems to be one that everyone's going for.
2: Maybe the um, gingerbread flavouring factory was having a sale on. <laughs> it smells gingerbread. <laughs> gingerbread. Ooh. If, you're, if you're having a little um, not feeling very festive this year, <laughs> like me, and you want to just, you know, kind of up your, up your festive spirits, <laughs> I would recommend having a sniff of some, uh, some gingerbread flavoured chocolate. That's, that's actually working quite nicely on me in terms of reminding me um, of Christmases gone by. And inside, I can reveal it's mm, okay. Let's let's uh, let's see what it tastes like. Okay, so I would say, if you're picturing the the dime bar dairy milk, um, you need to go a bit softer. It's uh, it's more of a fondant filling rather than that um, flakes of dime bar in a in a, a dairy milk bar. So it's it's not not the same. Uh, composition as as the dime uh, uh, dairy milk that we know and love. What's what's the softer one of those? They they have like a not the amazing creations because that's uh, that's got all weird um, weird uh, popping candy and stuff. Um, ah, okay. I think I've placed it. You know the Oreo dairy milk bar, which is like a soft fondant filling with little flakes of, of mm. Oreo. This is exactly like that in, in texture, uh, but then with little flakes of quite an odd kind of um, uh, gingerbread-flavoured biscuit. It's not great. It smells amazing, but the, uh, the mouthfeel is... <laughs> ..in slightly... Um, they've had to make some compromises mm. in the way that they've, they've put this together. I think it could have been a lot better. I'm slightly disappointed. I was just
1: wondering, do you think that the, uh, foods, the, the food science breakthrough was just the gingerbread smell and not the uh, gingerbread
2: <laughs> taste? That's certainly the bit that's landed best with me. The, um, the taste is fine, it's just the, the textures are very weird. It's a very dry biscuit in a very soft, loose fondant and then wrapped in dairy milk chocolate. It's not hanging together. I think, I think they can do better next year. I'd like to see a bar of chocolate with tiny flakes of, um, uh, of gingerbread biscuit without this kind of weird middle ground of a, a fondant filling. I don't think that was necessary. They've, they've done it wrong. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Do it better, Mr. Gavry. Or Mr. Cabri's parrot, whoever's in charge. <laughs> Come
3: on. I'm in computers. I'm in the mainframe. I'm in your headphones Come shake your tail at me. Hi, I'm LJ Rich from Shift Run Stop, Episode 6, The Christmas Special. Yes, a long time ago in a studio far, far away, we all crammed, knees touching, onto a tiny orange-red sofa in a dusty corner of the BBC for a very enjoyable recording session. Little did I know that Layla and I would then go on to create many eccentric songs and events together. And in a beautiful twist of time, we wrote the song you're about to hear exactly 10 years after this episode aired. Both of us are confirmed science fiction addicts. So here's our sci-fi eulogy celebrating the creative minds behind some of the best stories in the universe. God rest ye Jerry Anderson, Joe Ninety and Stingray We'll never let those Mr. Wrongs get their evil way We hope you're feeling a baby on Island of Tracy, As it's time for a sci-fi eulogy Oh, too many remembering those who thought differently God rest ye Douglas Adams, though your joke still feels so new. We didn't like that hitchhike, Curry, Nick, but we love you. So long and thanks for all the fish, I hope you can forgive that actor from the British short office. Crap of a dent, what's his name? Off the office tried his best. Carrie Fisher, Margot oh, Keith, oh, and they were oh, on oh, another plane. Princess Leia, a and there it's with Lois Lane. Oh, 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 Kenny Baker, R2-D2, you were brave and true. Gary Cards, we remember you as crew. Of course we do, produce Star Wars movies, what, what's up a dude. Of well, land we loved you as Blake's Federation boss So smart and cool and powerful, your passing is our loss From Blake Seven Ray to Star Trek, Ray. we can tell you all this day That we miss you, Anton Lauchin, Lennon Nimoy, and Ricky Jay Deborah Watling, John Paul Stoy have gone away The final verse is dedicated to a special man His superhero franchise group. Such a lowly plan Your ride is meant we saw you in the movies and TV We will never forget you, Stanley, Stanley You'll forever live on in our memory
2: And am I right in thinking this is a new one this year? I, I don't remember seeing this one last year.
1: I don't remember it.
0: I've definitely noticed a load of gingerbread stuff this year that I hadn't seen before, so it might be part of that ginger ginger wave.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ginger wave. Catch the, the ginger wave. It?
0: The ginger
3: <laughs> yes, wave. it's not Max? <laughs> was it
2: Nostalgic for the ginger was wave. It not
0: Mag's headroom. Who said catch the ginger wave? Um, yeah, so I've got a couple of other sort of um, classy, expensive gifts for the teacher type things from Aldi. Um, Ooh, this is um, this is the uh, charcoal and cranberry cracker, um, and it says underneath mm-hmm. perfectly paired with soft brie. So I like how it gives you a suggestion.
2: Um, and wow, charcoal and cranberry.
0: Charcoal and cranberry. So charcoal is a flavouring, like you were saying. Oh, the yeah. Oreos might taste charcoal, but actually, it is apparently a thing that people like the taste of.
2: Well, in um, in dog biscuits, charcoal is apparently good for their digestive system. So uh, maybe maybe you'll you'll find some benefits here, Leila. <laughs> but pairing it with brie, you probably yeah.
1: <laughs> in in a ra- in a radiation poisoning uh, situation, probably you wouldn't concentrate on the brie too much.
2: <laughs> get get hold of the, the charcoal. Would that be for air filtration though? Would you be trying to breathe through these crackers?
1: Um, no, the reason people. Um, Eat charcoal-based things in uh, in radiation situations is because it's absorbent. It's basically oh. Oh. it basically absorbs things inside your body, and you you know get rid of it that way. And that but that's you know it, that's not just radiation. That's a lot of stuff. So oh. so charcoal okay, as a nice. food ingredient, there are there are arguments about actually why that it's a bad idea outside of particular situations.
2: You can certainly. You, you, there's no shortage of, of charcoal stuffed food. I don't know if they're particularly hankering after the uh, the locked uh, the um. The, what's the word? The zombie apocalypse market. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. Market. Yeah. The, the, the prepper market doesn't seem like it's.
1: Or so the golf have you, have you...
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Black. Uh, yeah, completely goth food. Uh, have you tucked into one yet, Leila? I haven't. What, do you of
0: it? I, what I was going to say about this is that actually this reminds me, um, one of my friends who's almost certainly listening to this, is um, <clears throat> currently she has a rabbit and she's been getting into um, making... <laughs> you can see where this is going. She has. She's been getting into making paper out of unusual natural things like um, grasses and leaves and stuff. And um, she was nice. like, I'm going to find out if I can make paper out of my rabbit droppings. And then I took Ooh. one of these uh, crackers out. Of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and now you found it.
0: <laughs> and it really looks like that, yeah. It's like, um, I don't know, a few, it's probably like, I've got a ruler here. It's a few centimetres wide um, and it's completely square. Um, and it's brown. It looks sort of to me dust- like
2: an after eight mint.
0: Yeah, like, a, like quite a big after eight mint um, with a sort of dusty, grey and white, powdery kind of pattern on it. Um, which is presumably from the uh, cranberry and charcoal <laughs> combination, I don't know.
2: So is yeah. your mouth ready for a, a hit of cranberry and charcoal? Well, are, you, are you even prepared mentally for what this is going to taste like? It,
0: it smells, I would say, faintly sweet and quite dry, hmm. as you might imagine. Um, it's
3: something.
2: crunchy. <laughs>
0: um, it's very drying. I would definitely. You're not
2: smiling. You're not, <laughs> you don't look like you're enjoying it.
0: Um, <laughs> what it's is it? About? Oh, what it tastes like is just like incredibly dense bran flakes. It's like bran. It Ooh, just. It, it wow. just
2: tastes like bran flakes.
0: If you like bran or it's, all bran, maybe. If
2: you like all bran. If you
0: like all bran. A, you'll love these. <laughs> these are all biscuits. <laughs> it <branches. that>
2: looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it really so looks
0: like all brand. It's not that surprising that It tastes like it too
2: Is it the sort of uh, cracker That if you suffer from excess saliva <laughs> will, will desiccate your mouth in moments
0: Yeah it's extremely dry um, Like uncomfortably dry Like I mean, I've eaten some sand <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> It's probably why it pairs well with brie For the wettest of the cheeses
0: <laughs> Yeah um, I just wanted to see if the um, Yeah so the 74% whole wheat flour um, charcoal Where is charcoal? Oh, 0.5% activated charcoal Very powder, powder Very so, low
2: on charcoal so it's, yeah, it's it's not, mostly, not, not for medical use It's just like no. And cranberry?
0: Bitter.
2: A little, little hint of cranberry oh, no, in there Just a, maybe flavourings
0: It just tastes like a tiny bit sweet Like an all-brown like, like a handful of dry all-brown <laughs> Out of the box
2: <laughs> I'm picturing it
3: I'm in computers, I'm in the mainframe, I'm in your headphones, come shake your tail at me.
4: Ho, ho, ho! Hello, it's Paul Carenza here. I am a comedian and a writer, and I was with you for episode uh, 19, I think it is, uh, of Shift Run Stop, and uh, just wanted to wish you as merry a Christmas as possible. I was on the Back to the Future episode, uh, always delighted to geek out about Back to the Future, and since then, well, what I've been doing, I've been geek about other things instead. Uh, The history of Christmas is a particular um, uh, fascination of mine. Uh, Since I was on your fine podcast, I did a book called Hark! The Biography of Christmas, just kind of explaining why we do what we do all of these weird things at christmas plus all those bizarre little trivia things that you can share around the christmas table whether it's just with one person or many this year who knows uh things like the fact that jingle bells was the first song in space back in 1965 as part of a space prank they pretended they could see father christmas basically and then broke into jingle bells quite nice And the fact that the mince pie grew out of uh, the Puritan banning of Christmas, of course. That's one many people know. And one of my favourites is uh, the burrito. The burrito, of course. What has that got to do with Christmas? The simple burrito. Well, it's Spanish for Little Donkey. That's nice, isn't it? Which is also a lot more recent a Christmas song than people think. Little Donkey is uh, from the late 1950s by Geordie Folk Singer, who is far prouder of his other funny animal songs, including I've Got a Little Whippet. So, um, yeah, uh, the unsuccessful follow-up to... Little donkey. The other thing I've been doing is a big thing on the history of the BBC, the history of broadcasting. I do a podcast called The British Broadcasting Century, and my fascination there is really with the characters, the people who've made it all happen, the people that we owe our current broadcasting to, including, for example, Hilda Matheson, uh, who became the first director of talks back in the late 1920s, not the first female director of talks, but the first director of talks. And she really transformed talk radio into what it is now, way back in the 1920s. She was a former spy from World War One. She had a gay affair with Vita Sackville-West, the poet who was also having an affair with Virginia Woolf. It's all highly complicated and marvellous and fun. And we're exploring it all, all on the British Broadcasting Century podcast. But enough plugs from me. What is Christmas about, if not advertising commercial products? It's about many other things. So I wish you well, Chiffron Stop. It's Paul Carenza saying Merry Christmas.
3: Come shake your tail at me. I'm in the background, concluding with your masters. I'm on the long range, creating
0: it for me. And the final thing, um, this extremely long snack section is um Pink gin marshmallows, which I just thought sounded like they might be quite nice. They've got a load of these in Aldi, different flavoured marshmallows and sort of exciting party flavours. So I thought I'd say it did taste like gin. Um, I don't know if pink gin tastes different to normal gin.
1: I have to say that that cross-section looks even worse than a Turkish delight. (laughs)
0: So you like Turkish delight.
1: It looks, I mean, I know really no, I just find that the cross-section of a uh, of a chocolate-covered Turkish Delight, just, there is something about it that just makes me feel ill. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, nothing about the taste. It's yeah. just it's just the blobby pink kind yeah. of... Uh,
0: it's got a sort of biological kind of sea creature energy to it. Um, so these smell very strongly. <laughs> um, and sl- slightly synthetic... <laughs> So were we talking about, um, oh, yeah, things that, that we were going to do, like a theme on one of these sessions of uh, synthetic sm- tasting or soapy tasting snacks. And, <laughs> and Lee was like, oh, that could be the new thing, um, you know, since COVID. Everyone wants to eat things that taste a bit like hand sanitizer or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just convenient, isn't it? it it's, it's enough of a struggle each day to keep yourself smelling nice and, and clean. And there isn't <laughs> as much incentive to do it as normal. So if we can eat the things that make us smell nice, then why not?
0: So you can Ooh, see.
2: That's a, that's a squishy thing, isn't, isn't it? It's quite
0: soft and, and stretchy. It's, wow. not, it's not just like a, you know, sort of tempy mixed type marshmallow. So it's quite. Yeah, that's it. It's potentially good. It just smells so. That's a so chunky strong. looking
2: lump of marshmallow.
0: It smells like soap. <laughs> it smells like flavoured soap. You know when soap sometimes smells like a nice sweet? The other way that's around.
2: Right. This is a, a sweet that smells very strongly of actual soap.
0: But not like. Not like soap, not like
2: mm.
0: soapiness, but like the flavouring, that the synthetic flavour that they put in a shampoo or is that, a...
2: Is that like a a, a floral flavour, like yeah. a, a rose kind of mm. extract? Is that yeah? Is that the kind of vibe but, that you're getting? Like but if, like
0: it's... um, but like a sort of own brand bubble bath, like <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of taste. So I'm not. So... Sure if, I, it's not. It's not. It's not giving me gin at all. Um. I don't know why I thought it would. Well, it is called gin, but I didn't think.
2: Oh, well, it wasn't holding out for much. So, time. which which shop am I avoiding to not run into this well, <laughs> nightmare food? These are
0: from Aldi. The um, the the charcoal biscuits and the uh, the gin marshmallows. Um,
2: but nicely packaged. Yeah, they've they've um, invested nuts. some some time in the in the packaging of them to make them look good.
0: Yeah, they are nicely packaged. So you could get away with getting someone as a present.
2: It could be a gift for yeah. someone that you sort of like you want to impress them, but you don't, you don't really want to delight them. It'd <laughs> be like a, a neighbour who you've not spoken to for a while. <laughs> a neighbour who very occasionally puts your bins out. Hmm. It seems like a, a, a present for them.
3: i computers. Hello listeners of Shift Run Stop, this is Jo Neary here, I was a guest in episode 58 of Shift Run Stop and I had a very enjoyable chat with Leila upstairs at the National Theatre I remember. At the time I didn't know what a podcast was but I agreed anyway and in the back of my mind I would have been thinking, you poor deluded creature, this is something that you're making just for yourself to listen to in your own room, good luck. Of
0: course now, uh, podcasts are enormous and I indeed have my own. Uh, Mine is called Wife on Earth, it's with Cosmic Shambles Network and it features one of my favourite comedy characters that I perform, which is Celia, based on Celia Johnson in Brief Encounter and her character, Laura. Uh, Anyway, I'd like to wish you all a happy Christmas and a very happy New Year.
2: We found out the name of the uh, woman who were buying her house,
0: mm.
3: and
2: I sort of wish I didn't know it because now obviously we did exactly what you did <laughs> in your neighbor and uh, My wife was busy looking at her Instagram and her Twitter account and yeah is this I, is the person that
0: you're buying the new house from, or the person who's buying yeah. the
2: mm. no, they're the seller, and mm. we now know a lot more about them than I really have any business knowing about, about <laughs> her. don't really want don't really want to know that she's into, you know, like, pyramid marketing. Like, it's, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. helpful to me. I don't, I don't know um, what I was hoping to gain from looking her up online and finding out what she does. But I, I think maybe just a nice reassuring sense of somebody that you could trust to keep a place spick and span. Mm. And, you know, it's not even that it has to be clean, just structurally sound is all I'm looking for. Somebody who's not going to introduce, uh, you know, woodworm. Into, a, into, into the equation That's <laughs> what, why I look, I is that the sort
1: of thing that you expected to be mentioned on a Twitter account
0: <laughs> I <a>
1: was <woodworm> <laughs> it's really,
2: it's really desperate not to get any sense of like woodworm in her in her history
1: April 15th um, introduce more woodworm into my own house <laughs>
2: that would have been an example of something that I wouldn't have wanted to see <laughs> There's no upside, is there? You're never going to see the profile of somebody and think, oh, I'm really glad I looked that up.
0: (laughs) Push some more tiles off the roof this morning.
2: (laughs) Replace replace them with crackers. They'll never know.
1: I mean, if you found out that they were into uh, some very dark rituals uh, or the house was used as a meeting place for, you know, some kind (laughs) of cult, then, you know...
2: The ghost meet-up, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a very painful process, and so more information seems yeah. to be what's needed. We we'd reached a stage with it where we'd actually almost given up. It was just taking so long to get anything anything through. So we we are just craving knowledge and information. Uh, I don't know whether you know in a parallel universe whether there would have been a version of me that was reading about a version of the house seller and finding out lots of you know useful information like. Uh, I am nearly ready to <laughs> nearly ready to <laughs> pull the trigger on this house sale. Tomorrow I'm going to finally give the information that the buyer is looking for. Like that's that's unlikely I suppose. You're not going to get that level of transparency through Twitter. <gasps>
0: Where are you moving, Rick?
1: <laughs> I wish I knew. It's very painful.
2: Yeah, well, maybe before Christmas. That's, you know, this is a phrase that you'll hear a lot in the house buying and selling world is, oh, yeah, they'll be in in before Christmas. (laughs) Everyone wants. It's such an irrational deadline as well. Why why is Christmas? Nobody talks about, oh, you'll definitely be in before Valentine's Day. Doesn't matter.
0: Yes, I've got a little uh, a little flat in Scotland now, which is um, uh, amazing.
2: When did the Scotland purchase happen?
0: I put the offer in the day lockdown came in. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, so I viewed it like the day before. And then I was like, yeah, I'm getting that one. Um, and I knew, I'd would like been, been sort of stalking that place online for months anyway. And, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> as, as is, I did it later. And, uh, and it was for sale for, from a few months before. So I'd been watching it and thinking, yeah, I might get that one. So I went through the motions of looking at some other ones in the area, even though I knew I wanted that one. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I put the offer in, they accepted it straight away. And then lo- lockdown came in, and the estate agents weren't working, and everyone just wasn't bothering with it. So, end of March, I put the offer in, and then end of June, it was all, all it was all mine. And then I've been up and this is, every month since.
2: Not somewhere to move into, but somewhere to <coughs> what's what's it's your a, what's your well, plan it, with
0: it? So it's it's been it is a holiday let now. So I've been up and mm-hmm. done it up, and um, like put internet in and put furniture in and done a bit of decorating, and um, yeah, people are. When they've been allowed to, and when they've lived in miserable places. Ter-
2: terrible year. <laughs> terrible year for <laughs> well, buying a holiday.
0: Yes and no, um, <laughs> because uh, I've had quite a few bookings, so it hasn't been that bad. Nice. And it's like a way yeah. of you know immediately making some money um, out of you know when also when the work situation is pretty uncertain a lot of times as well. So it's like well. That might be a way of making money. Yeah. Um, although now passive
2: income stream, well, very nice.
0: That's what you hope. I mean, at the moment, it's obviously it's gone a lot worse very recently uh, in terms of the the rental markets and stuff and people being able to go anywhere. But I think what I might do is come up with another solution. Like some some local rental holiday rentals that are similar are um, basically just letting out their properties as just like a you know just a normal rent to a tenant for a while so they're just mm. going oh we can't do this isn't going to be a viable business so let's just uh, rent it out for six months so that's an option um or mm. one thing i thought might be nice is to turn it into a kind of workspace or like allow people to go and work there during the day so it's like an office you can use
2: yeah um, nice it's
0: got a kitchen Brilliant. and a little shower room and a, d- a table and chairs and stuff and kettle well, and tea. And
2: Leila, I've seen it on Instagram. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Anyone <laughs> would want to spend spend time there. So uh, we should obviously mention yeah. uh, the the name of the place so that people can look it up and, and uh, yeah. line your pockets with oh. with coins for <laughs> staying in your property. What, what, what's it called and where can we find it online? Yeah, it's
0: called it's called Burn Island Studio. It's Island I think. And um, you can find it on Google Maps. So you can just go to the website. Or Instagram or Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, like I say. At the moment, I think I'm probably not going to be able to rent it. or oh, I can rent it to potentially to people within Fife. It's like I should say, it's like half an hour from Edinburgh. It's over the bridge in Fife, um, and there's views across the water, and it's on the yeah. harbour. And some of our friends of Shift stop have stayed there. Actually, um, Albie stayed there. Our physics pal, physicist, yeah, he, nice. stay, he stayed yeah, there with lovely. his. His wife, Jen, and they're, they're massive fans of that part of the world. So they wrote me an amazing mm. like, guide to the area. Where it was like a thank you for staying oh, there. Nice. It was so lovely. Yeah,
2: great. Uh, they yeah, were one, no, of my, nice. one of
0: my test guests earlier in the summer. Um, but no, it has been it's just been nice having something to focus on You know, that's not like inside mm. your own house and um,
2: Yeah, nice, like, nice. Has some kind Was it frustrating <laughs> not being there? Like, I'm imagining buying a place to, to rent it out mm-hmm. And I probably want to kind of move in and decorate it yeah. Were you doing all that through third parties? No, or did you get go, to go up like, and spend some time up, up there?
0: We've gone up basically every month since June So I've been up um, nice. for a week or so uh, Pretty much, yeah, June, July, August, September, October uh how've oh, been up this month i'm going up uh, this weekend probably for um my maybe 10 days so yeah and because it, i'm allowed to because it's work right so it's like it's not <laughs> yeah. it is actually essential work yeah. i have to go and, and yeah. check on it and photograph it and stuff so um look
2: for look for woodworm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but maybe it's been a woodworm farm while I was away, like your flat. Good. Um, <laughs> find,
2: find out who's been living there. Clean it up. But I have so, a, do like, you have?
0: I have a cleaner, and she goes in. That's she uh, a so Yeah. Awesome. So, I did a. Oh, there's a heart. I don't know how interested this is to our listeners, but there's been um, uh, like you have to do loads of COVID-safe stuff now, and do like I did a cleaning mm. course, um, not like a practical cleaning, but like an online course, so that I know all the mm. COVIDs. I learned loads about COVID molecules and what they how long they last on different materials and stuff like that. Um, and mm. then my cleaner goes in. And there's rules like you have to um, get the guests to strip the bed now and put it in a mm. bin bag mm. because the f- flying around of sheets and things can spread the... Yeah.
2: Um, aerosolizing the, uh, the contents yeah, of the sheets. Yeah, exactly.
0: nice. So there's things like that that I've put in uh, that the, the guests have to do.
5: Hello, Leila and Rue and Shift Run Stop listeners everywhere. Happy Christmas! It's Danny O'Brien coming from Christmas Future in San Francisco. You know, America, where it's all the future and everything is really just great. Anyway, it's about two o'clock in the morning here, uh, which means that I am both kind of whispering because I don't want to wake anybody else up this Christmas night. Uh, and also, um, uh, I get to read all the British tweets, which always makes me feel kind of nostalgic and homesick for everybody. Leila asked me what I'm doing, apart from this sort of weird ASMR kind of report. Um Is it ASMR or is it ASLR? One of them's a camera. I don't know which. Anyway, um, so what I'm doing when I'm not staying up late at night recording these things is that I continue to work for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. I'm actually their director of strategy now, so be impressed. Yes, I've done quite well for myself. Um, No, I don't know what that means. Uh, But it does mean that one of the things I do is to try and fix the internet and... um, If you'd like to find out about how to do that, you can listen to our podcast, um, which is me and Cindy Cohen, the executive director of the EFF, trying to do that with guests. So if you go to EFF.org slash podcasts, you can listen to more of this ASLR photography voice. And um, and write to me. Um, say hi. Um, uh, I'm Danny at EFF.org, especially if there's something wrong on the Internet, because it's my job to fix it now. All right. Have a nice Christmas or other holidays, and uh, I'll see you hopefully in 2021. Bye.
2: I've got a dog, Layla.
0: I know. I've seen
2: this gorgeous dog. He's so pretty. He's called Biscuit and he is massive. <laughs> he was this tiny, tiny little ball of fluff when we first got him. Mm. And he's a golden retriever, so I knew that he was going to grow. But for some reason I you know, when you see a puppy, ah. you you <laughs> fixate on the idea that this dog is a puppy. And yeah. of course they don't stay puppies forever. He's really big. He's like Thirty odd kilograms already, and he's only eight months old. He's still still growing as well. I mean, he would. I, I think Brody is a nice sized dog.
0: Brody,
3: I think Brody's
2: about would, would, twenty would. kilos. I
0: think so. Yeah, you've got at least the third bigger than Brody already, and he's still
2: a puppy. He's chunky, and if he's feeling a bit boisterous, and he's obviously you know eight months old, it's it's the same as being a kind of th- teenager really. but mm. like he's he's reaching that age where he he's he's finding his own feet. You know, he's he's. He's interested in in girls, and he, he wants you know a bit, of, a bit of time to himself occasionally. Like he wants to wants to go off. So you know I'm I'm finding that if he's on the lead and he changes course and he wants to you know pull in a, a direction. He he pulls quite hard, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's a bit of a struggle. My my little boy. Discovered this the other day because the dog is quite a lot heavier than yeah. now than the, the six-year-old. <laughs> the, the dog just launched him into the air. He, he held, had quite a good tight hold of the lead, and he just you know went horizontally. The dog just that pulled him through the air like a kite. It was astonishing. So yeah, he, he's uh, being well trained because he needs to be an obedient dog. Uh, at this size, he's going to need to be good at paying attention to what we want him to do. Because if he became a a handful, that would be <laughs> it. Would be very difficult. I wouldn't want to fight him.
0: Did you meet the parents when, when you collect when you went to get him? Did you see how big they were? We met
2: the we, we met the mum and she was a beautiful golden retriever and we saw pictures of the dad who was an enormous, very cream coloured golden retriever. So yeah, we we did have a feeling that he was gonna be bigger than average. But we're still in touch with all of his um all of his siblings. So the Aww. breeder created a WhatsApp group and it's called the Pup Date. so every few days, you know, somebody will share a picture of what their dog looks like now. And they're they're beautiful, they're all very, very similar mm. um yeah, really lovely dogs and it's uh, it's quite fun to see everyone else going through the same things that we're going through oh, that's pretty, the yeah, thing at the moment me. on our minds and you you may have some um some views on this is um uh, is the testicle situation mm. so Bro- Brody uh is a is a pet, not a working dog mm. um and I don't think you're breeding from him, I don't think you're your dog breeders no
0: not at the moment. Um, but... I, I, oh. I, the thing is, I haven't had him done because ah. I kind of thought it sounded quite traumatic and I would see how we went and stuff. Um, and yeah. uh, and I think, you know, you hear things like, oh, they, they put on a load of weight when they get done and stuff because they kind of, mm. there's some kind of hormonal thing or um, I don't know. But it, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. Also I kind of like the idea that one day he has the potential to carry on his genetic line. Yeah. So maybe, that's where we are as well. Yeah.
2: That's exactly the situation mm. we found ourselves in. We we're not in a rush to get him uh neutered. Um that some people say, well, it'll you know reduce the frisky behavior and he'll be less likely to be antisocial and annoying, but actually it's he's fine. He's he's a nice dog yeah. and it's helping him grow. It's helping his jo- joints and hips and bones develop. So if any veterinarians are listening to this who have strong views either way or very experienced dog breeders, um, then let me know mm. what you what you think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, at the moment, based on what I've seen and what we've read and the vets that we've talked to, I think we're, we're not in a rush to get him done. We'll, we'll leave him uh, for now and see see how we go. It's very exciting, though. I like the idea of breeding from him. I think it would be, mm. be quite fun because if you're the owner of the the mum dog, That's a lot of work. That's weeks of hassle, and oh my goodness, like you know, that's that's a whole room of your house that you're you're just giving over to, um, to a load of puppies for quite a long time. But if you're the if you're the boy dog owner, it's very easy, very (laughs) straightforward.
0: But yes, but do, do they do that thing? Like, because nowadays, whenever I've seen people get puppies recently, they've had um, like all the puppies have had different coloured ribbons round their necks to denote which one That's, is which, and then that kind of becomes that their was exactly colour. what they did.
2: Mm, yeah, that, that was exactly what they did. They gave each dog a different coloured collar, uh, so oh. that in the pictures, this, this WhatsApp uh, pup date group was yep. amazing because before we got um, before we got biscuit, we were seeing pictures as he was going from tiny puppy to. Six week, eight year old, week old, whatever the kind of age is, where you're allowed to um uh, to leave your mum. It's about eight weeks. Um, eight weeks. So yeah. during those during those few weeks, uh, yeah, we saw him. We saw him grow up. No idea whether they consistently kept the same collar on the same the same puppy throughout, because it would have been impossible <laughs> to see to see the difference. It could easily have just been you know mix and matching well, I don't know. on a whim. But it's, yeah, it was
1: it was quite nice. It's very much the Ninja Turtles solution. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we got we got the purple
0: one.
2: Is he is he a party dude? Do- <laughs> Michelangelo, yeah,
0: exactly. Who was the purple one, Donatello? I can't remember now.
2: Oh, I,
0: I'm sure uh, Lee knows.
2: I Michelangelo's the party dude. <laughs> that, Raphael that is red. Right.
1: That's I think that's the only um, one I remember.
0: That's good.
3: I wouldn't cool,
2: remember that. Cool, cool but rude maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: cool but
3: rude. Yeah.
2: An extra few pixels at the top of the screen yeah, that are yeah. totally wasted.
1: <laughs> My dog has fleets is one of those like <laughs> it's one of those bad phone conversations.
2: <laughs> uh, does your dog have fleets? How does it smell? <laughs> did you know? Did you know that Robbie Williams has a Christmas single?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I only through you mentioning it and saying I shouldn't try and listen to it, so I've been avoiding. Uh, anything that seemed like it might play at me, <laughs> since
2: you mentioned—well, avoided. <laughs> I mean, avoided uh, very well for two reasons. One, because I wanted to see whether you could guess the real Robbie Williams lyrics from my, uh, you know, uh, sick pastiche. Yeah. But also, it's genuinely terrible. <laughs> and I, I, in the past, have quite quite enjoyed Robbie Williams. I think he's he's done some good work. I've got you know a couple of albums. Mostly uh, introduced because of my wife, who who always quite enjoyed uh, take that. Um, but this is bad, and I've I've kind of flipped through the rest of the album, and I think there are twenty nine tracks on this Christmas album he's just put out, and it's really bad. And I I say this to reassure you that you haven't missed much,
0: okay.
2: um, but also to set your expectations quite low for the quality of of uh, the lyrics that you're about to hear. Um, just to check, Lee, have you have you seen this? Have, I have you have not spotted seen these this, lyrics? No. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm glad you're, you're, for the first time, both of you, getting to uh, to witness. So you, you, you have to guess. I'm going to read some lyrics to you, and you have to guess whether these are real Robbie Williams lyrics in a single that you can actually buy, or whether this is me making it up. OK, first one. Oh, what a miserable year, but what a time to be alive. Sadly, some friends disappeared. It's never been like this before. It feels like we're at war. That sounds
0: like
2: That's Rob Robbie. Robbie. That? That's Robbie. It is Robbie. It is Robbie and how did you know what was the what was the giveaway in all of that?
1: It sounded it's it sounded like you were prepping us for something that bad so yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I think the bit I thought the first bit when it went uh, oh or something like halfway through the first sentence made me think yep. of like when it kind of kicks in in a Robbie way.
2: You can you can hear the pause mm. where he's then yeah, no, it's, it's true actually Yeah, he's got a particular singing style I wonder if I'm good enough at aping it That you'll, uh, you'll, you'll be able to get this very easily So the this, bit that really disturbed me in there Was horrific. sadly some friends Yeah, no, it's singing, yeah it's, it's not beat poetry it's, I, I'm, I'm saying it uh, rather okay. than singing it But yeah, you, you have to imagine him singing it um, But yeah, the bit in there that really disturbed me Was the sadly some friends disappeared <laughs> 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 so They just just popped down the shop
1: snatched, like, oh. snatched from their beds By uh, <laughs> wearing oh. dark suits <laughs> <laughs> Weird lyric,
2: okay, okay, what about this what about this one then this is a, a shorter lyric. How are we supposed to sing when we're social distancing
1: I think that's is that me, Robbie Roo? or rue I think that's rue
0: I think that's Robbie again. I hope it's Robbie
2: ah, no that was me ah. Lee had it right that's that's uh that's a, a rue special okay. <laughs> Now we set the scene. they set the tone for the, uh, the, the the lyrics quality. Santa's on his sleigh, but he's two meters away. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: that's Roe again.
0: Robbie I think it's Robbie, because I don't think you'd have two in a row.
2: That is a real Robbie lyric. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing. Wow. I can see what inspired if you're wondering... you to write your fake versions
2: of these. By the way, <laughs> astonishing, absolutely astonishing. If you're wondering what I like, stacks of sanitizer will be fine. I guess you do your shopping online. Mm, I don't know,
0: maybe Rue. It doesn't
5: seem like a song.
2: It's Roo. an interesting rhyme structure, I would isn't it? I'd say Rue. Yeah, it's 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 a Robbie one, but no! it, it did. It did make me uh, second-guess the fact that he's not doing rhyming couplets consistently here. He does have some kind of half-rhymes and some... uh, Yeah, the rhyme stretch is a bit different. Okay, (laughs) Bear with me. Looking at the headlines, I can't believe my eyes. Let's hope the supermarkets still have Heston's mince pies.
1: (laughs) That's room. I don't know.
0: I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Don't
1: trust myself. I think Rude's making is Roo, a deliberate but... callback to uh, previous... It is a callback!
2: Episodes. I nearly, nearly, <laughs> nearly just said mince pies, uh, and then I thought it was actually too similar to the dreadful trite trash that I'd been reading, and, and uh, yeah, I realised that if, I'm, if I said Heston, then you'd maybe have a clue that it was me. Well done. OK, um, last two. Uh, the people going to need something to believe in after a year of being in. That
1: must be I Robbie. Think that's Robbie.
2: That is Robbie. And we can kiss next year under the mistletoe, but not this year. Matt Hancock said so. <laughs> <laughs> I, think <I'm> a... <laughs> I think I might have said Mac then. Obviously, I met Matt Hancock.
0: I think that's Rue.
1: I think it's, it's terrible, though. So I'm going to say Rue just because... <laughs> That was, that was me.
0: That's very good. You need to write and record your own version of whatever this song is that's inspired you, really, definitely.
1: Well, you have oh. to write at least 26 versions.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of songs, and they're all very quickly produced by the look of it. And, and the video as well. Watch the video for this, uh, this thing. Oh, ooh, ooh. Very poor. <laughs> Hi,
0: everyone. This is Professor Sue Black, Professor of Computer Science and Technology Evangelist at Durham University. Just wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Take care.
2: I've got some uh, some questions from listeners, oh, if, yes. if, uh, if you fancy some of those. Mm. OK, um, let's see. Neil Hopkins says... Do you still say when things get back to normal, as I think I did earlier in this uh, this episode, actually, or have you resigned yourself to things being like this for the foreseeable future?
0: Uh, well, my answer to that is that, um, that I don't think things will ever get back to normal. And I, I don't know. I feel slightly more optimistic since all these vaccines have come out, I've got to say. I think that yeah. maybe there's a chance that there'll be some more freedom. Um, but I, I think we're in it for at least, like, at least five more years. Like I was saying, ten years to forever before the vaccine announcements earlier this mm. month. But now I think mm. probably probably f- at least five years. But I wouldn't ever say things get back to normal because I think a lot a load of things have changed, and some of them for the better in terms of people's working mm. habits and lifestyles and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I mean normal. Like what? When were things? We would say that when were things normal before Trump? Like yeah, before, like, normal normal for 9/11? who? Like, like yeah, what, yeah. Uh, I
1: don't know what Lee thinks. Yeah, normal changed. If it had been four weeks, then there could have been a normal. But um, normal ch- normal changed so much that mm. that it it's it's getting you know even with a vaccine uh, being closer, it seems that normal is still getting further and further away to the point where it just seems unreachable. Like even mm. even in a year, uh, imagine that, that you know at least in the UK that, you know, a uh, an effective vaccine um, programme had been rolled out and that people could, you know, no longer isolate. Um, the idea, like, there's going to be all the places that have uh, just basically not coped with the financial burden of uh, being uh, inoperational for the bulk of a year. You know, I think about, like... Obviously, I haven't been to a pub since March, and I don't know how many of them are going to be around next March. Mm. 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 You think about all the places that require in-person kind of uh, patronage that are not going to have survived, uh, Mm. you know, into next year. Um, Normal, it's an, it's a normal, but it will have changed.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think even in two, three, five, ten years, if people are able to live a very similar sort of life uh, compared to, you know, 2018, 2019, um, that will no longer feel normal either because we'll have been so used to something else. So the idea that, you know, even if a great vaccine or set of vaccines is rolled out and even if that's, you know, universal globally, which it won't be, but if it was then it wouldn't feel like we were just stepping back to how things were in in 2019 again. It would just be yet another massive cultural, societal, economic change, and it would require a lot of, um, uh, you know, coming to terms again with things going back to how they used to be. It's it's not like... um, it's not like it will feel like we're going back to what was normal. It will just be yet another massive shift in a different direction. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm completely... Um, I suppose we've all had enough months now uh, to come to terms with the fact that, you know, life for everyone has, has changed drastically and I'm feeling so completely privileged and lucky to be in a situation where I still have work and I still have, you know, the, the kind of um, incredibly... Um, uh, well, I don't even know what the right word is, but, you know, the, the lifestyle that um, allows me to, you know, do more or less what I want and not be too, uh, you know, t- too um, concerned that, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to um, buy, uh, you know, Oreos or whatever. You know, like, the, the the sort of shifts that have happened even in the UK, let alone in other countries, you know, the the stuff that people have had to get used to just feels completely mind-blowing and it's it's taken us all a very long time to get used to it so the idea that you know we'll all just comfortably slip back into the lives that we used to have six months ago 10 uh, 12 14 16 months ago it's just not It's not rational, so yeah, no, that's um, a really interesting question. I think people have been saying "new normal" for quite a long time now, and I I, I definitely think that every every week sort of represents a new normal for everyone. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. I think I feel like one thing I've been—I mean, I feel like we've we've all been up and down, like emotionally, and it's honest, absolutely—you know—explosive roller coaster this year. Um, But one thing that I was thinking of that made me feel slightly happier um (laughs) this week was this idea that um everyone literally everyone in the world has been affected by the same thing and that maybe Mm. just having that enormously shared experience i know everyone's been affected in different ways and everything but that there might be some kind of slight increase in um just feeling a bit more like connected to the people you pass in the street or you know just like I feel mm. like already a bit like when I go to the post office and we all had to wear a fucking mask and we were all just like oh, oh we better stay two meters away and that you're sort of talking to <laughs> you're talking to people that you don't you wouldn't normally even notice and suddenly we're noticing mm. each other and we're aware of each other and I feel like as as we start to get vaccinated and things start to get a little bit more um, relaxed, then that will stay and it'll be a bit like we've gone through a little war together, you know, there'll be that kind of slight feeling of um, camaraderie possibly, and I know mm, that mm. there's obviously, you know, loads of people there'll be loads of dissent and loads of uh, disruption and stuff, but there might be that, there might be a sense of like mm. oh, I get you on some level, you know, we've been through this, um, I don't know, that's what I'm hoping
2: mm. I, I really like that, I like the um, the kind of I hesitate to use the phrase blitz spirit, but that camaraderie of communities pulling together. And that was what really marked the kind of early months for me, the kind of March, April kind Mm. of era, was when people were intentionally, you know, coming together as a community. What I really hope doesn't happen, and I'm slightly fearful of, is that the vaccine or vaccines allow the people who don't believe this is even a thing... The space to continue to you know spout their idiocy and to put everyone at risk, because if if the one effect that happens is you know a large enough percentage of the population um, are protected, at least for whatever you know duration a, a, a vaccine will will be good for, um, that might mean that the spread through the population is is uh, massively reduced, and so the handful of people that intentionally set out to have nothing to do with that because they think it's a massive conspiracy or or whatever whatever nonsense bullshit is being spouted uh next year which i'm sure will continue to be egregious and and horrendous um if the only reason that that they get to continue to believe that stuff is because science has protected them and everyone uh that will be really sad <laughs> I, I really miss the kind of community coming together and i i i really really resent it when i see uh, you know luckily no nobody that I know will respect but when i when I see evidence of people who would have us believe that we can just ignore this because it 's no worse than a cold that's that really pisses me off. <laughs> I hope it pisses everyone off because we should have nothing to do with that <laughs> Got little tolerance for 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 that kind of behavior
1: <laughs> it 's funny in in a world with uh in a world with actual war and strife that like my one of the metaphors that I think about the situation is um, from the more recent Spider-Man movie where obviously everyone's dealing with the fact that either they or somebody they knew disappeared for five years and then reappeared. And uh, and that kind of feels like, I mean, you know, as somebody who's been, you know, stuck inside for like, uh, you know, nine, more than nine months now... Um, that kind of feels what's happened. It kind of feels like the world has disappeared uh, and then is just waiting to blink back into existence. But it can't go back to the world. It can't go back to the point that it left. It can yeah, go it will back be to a world that's moved yeah. on.
2: Yeah, it will, it will definitely be different. So, wow, that was, that was deep. Good yeah. question. Thank you very much for that. Um, next question, uh, Zuni asks, what have you been up to? So I think we've touched on some of the things we've been up to. I got a puppy. Ladys uh, bought a house in Scotland, which we can rent out. Uh, Lee, Lee, Lee's been staying in, <laughs> very Lee's,
0: Lee's been that that kid in um, um, uh, Flight of the Navigator who who goes off and uh, no, you like the opposite of that because the kid in sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Flight
2: of the Navigator the, the opposite of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid in Flight
0: of the Navigator goes on a, a journey around the world and has an amazing time and um, you know sees all the sights of the planet Earth and everything in his spaceship. But it's actually a tragic, terrible... I don't know if I've talked about it on here before. It's one of my favourites. I don't but, think
2: you have. Um,
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a terribly sad story because he um, then, while he's away, having this adventure on the spaceship, I think this is right, time moves forward for the rest of the world. So um, oh. when they find, when he turns up back in his... Well, in, when he lands or whatever and gets out of the thing and it finds his family, his parents Spoilers. are like genuinely... <laughs> No, it's not a new film, is it? um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little film you might have heard. Uh, but it, no, his, his parents are genuinely um, distraught because they think that their child's just died and been gone yeah, missing for, for 30 him. years. he, he went, him, yeah, it, he's, he's yeah, still no a child. Yeah, no time has passed, but
2: his parents, um, yeah, right. It's,
0: it's horrific. So he, he goes back to his family and they're all like, what the fuck am I gonna do <laughs> Are you doing this um, so there's like a real horror about it and the, and the, you know talking about dogs obviously they have a golden retriever or something when he was a kid and he's like oh where's a, a bouncer or whatever and, uh, and the, obviously the dog's been dead for 30 years or whatever and, and his brother's like a grown up and all his parents are really old <clears throat> and it's yeah, just like so I'd I thought that. this was like a hilarious cartoon type, um, you know, screwball comedy. But actually, it's like a really, yeah. really affecting film. His I
2: annoying think. brother is now this like, you know, like, grown up, yeah. and it's ah, it, oh, I'd completely forgotten it's that. It's really that disturbing. Ending. And so, and so
1: Lee is the opposite to that. Yes, I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite of someone who went into space.
0: No, you are. You are. You're not the opposite though. You are like the child in Flight of the Navigator because you've been in your pod for however many years, and you're, you're going to emerge unchanged, and the rest of the world will have changed around you.
1: Oh no! Trust okay. me, I, I am <laughs> aging rapidly in this situation.
0: No, you're not it's, because you're not, you don't have any uh, solar rays affecting your skin or anything, so you retain your, your boyish charms. <laughs> for
2: The relativistic effect is one thing, but the avoidance of sunlight is is, uh, probably for the best. That's (laughs) how vampires work, at
3: least.
0: Hey, shift, run, stop. This is Sarah Dobbs from episode 56, where you might remember I basically banged on about Saw for the entire podcast uh, and about whether Jigsaw and Batman were kind of the same. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug here, but I have just started a new podcast called Chillennial Horrors, which is, once again, uh, a lot of chat about 2000s horror. So check that out if that is your thing. In the meantime, I just want to say a very happy Christmas and happy new year to everyone. Bye. Don't try to
2: Michael asks, what is pudding in its essence? <laughs> and then he, he goes on to compare different sorts of pudding. So how is blood pudding a pudding when Yorkshire pudding is also a pudding? He says they all seem very different, especially yeah. the blood. <laughs> <Especially> the <with> blood. <laughs> blood. pudding, in Michael's view, is especially different to the others. This is uh, Michael Cote. What do you think, Lee? What's what 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 is the essence of pudding? Yeah, let's let's ask Lee. I he's, don't know he's because a... I'm
1: I'm I'm he's happy with a... <laughs> the explanation because of course, if you're American, pudding has a, a kind of specific meaning that isn't just a synonym for dessert.
2: Okay right. are they are they got a special a special it, kind of category? It is of kind food of like is a, pudding. a
1: pudding implies a kind of uh, soft, uh, almost liquidy kind of um, concoction
2: almost like an angel delight kind of yeah. if it's in that category of yeah. food they'd call it a pudding whereas yeah. we we yeah like, like michael says if if a yorkshire pudding lives in the same category as a blood pudding what what is it about them that they have in common
0: um, and cause, could then something else be a pudding that isn't even edible like a um a jellyfish
1: or something a, ge- a... <laughs> <laughs> so so depending okay on, depending on what I've I've cheated here and I've looked up I've looked the something, to work out looked something up on the internet and it, um, it turns out that it's believed that the word pudding is derived from a French word meaning small sausage. Ooh,
2: interesting so really
0: a sausage rather than the, uh, the the squishy like puddingy texture.
2: Hence, why so, why a blood pudding could be a pudding? Yeah, because it doesn't need to mean a dessert clearly. Because in my head, pudding is, is kind of synonymous with dessert. Yeah. Until I start thinking it's about blood what pudding.
0: what you'd call a dessert, isn't it, at the end of a meal? A pudding. Do you want a pudding? And you wouldn't mean literally a yeah. pudding. Yeah. You'd mean whatever you had. An ice cream or a What's a for yogurt. pudding, Mum? Yeah, what's for pudding? And uh, like, oh, why, not sausage again. That's not what I meant. Not, I, don't
2: want, I don't want blood sausage. <laughs>
0: blood sausage again.
2: I don't, I, don't want your, I don't want your French sausages, Mum. I'm looking for it like a moose. So that would be in 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 that categorization anything that you can have after dinner is what my uh yeah what my family would have called a pudding mm.
1: and the yorkshire pudding is just basically derived from um it having the same ingredients as things like cakes and uh, pancakes
2: oh right okay
1: i think yeah. the problem so is because it's
2: because it's made with a the batter then yeah it's a it's a pudding in that sense mm okay there, well,
1: there are all sorts of um, weird kind of like illogical ling- uh, linguistic things where it turns out that like a word has split its meaning like 300 years in the past. Yet we mm. we, we kept we, we keep both of them. There you
0: go. I hope that answers your question, Michael
1: Cote. Yeah, putting is putting mean sausage and it turns out that the dessert, dessert usage is just <laughs> nonsense.
2: It's, it's cleared it right up for everybody. Uh, last question, Cara Moon. Hello, Cara.
0: Hello,
3: Cara Moon. Uh, asks,
2: when do you plan to start doing daily episodes of Shift On Stop? <laughs> love it. It's very op- optimistic, <laughs> that question.
0: It's quite a leap from uh, once or twice a year to, uh, to 365 to 366 days a year. But I'm up for it.
1: <laughs> Hello, this is Rodri Marsden. I'm a man from dunstable in bedfordshire and almost exactly 10 years ago i was a guest on episode 59 of shift run stop on which i talked about technological etiquette and i played have yourself a merry little christmas on the musical saw of all things um i'd just like to wish rue layla and all their listeners a very efficient and productive christmas and a commercially successful new year
0: um, if you're interested, this is the surprise Christmas treat that I have, uh, which I got. My, yes, I do. My cousin um, actually messaged me about this last night, and I was like, I have to go get that from Aldi immediately in the morning, first thing when I get up. Right. So I did, and it was the last one, so that's how popular oh, wow. they've been. Um, now, I don't know if you're familiar with Sebastian, the um, Aldi character, which um, I don't know if Lee knows Sebastian. Um, Al, it's Aldi's Brussels sprout character. Can you hold it up to the... Um, I can. Well, it'll give away the whole thing, but I'll, oh, I, will, okay. I will explain to you what it... Uh, I'll just show you. It, so anyway, it's... Uh, just, uh, just
2: just just before you mm. do, Leila, Sebastian the Brussels sprout character. Yeah. <laughs> is, this an, is, this like, <laughs> is this an advert or
0: i a... so, I'm
2: not familiar with Aldi's Sebastian like... and
1: his work.
0: Aldi's Christmas branding is always vegetables and they have, like, carrots and cuddly carrots and soft toy sprouts and things.
2: Oh, OK. I'm, I'm aware of Kevin the Carrot, but I think, I think he was... Uh, I think he was a Christmas advert from a few years ago. Was he, a, was he an Aldi advert or something else?
0: It might have been. Um, same thing, I'm not sure. But anyway, they, um, they've made... Some, they, they also do novelty crackers every year, and they've done um, Sebastian the Carrot crackers, but no ordinary crackers. Um, I don't know if you can read that backwards, but it's an escape room in cracker form. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow! Do you know how this works?
0: <laughs> I have. I had a quick look at the back, but um, I think you need possibly all the crackers to make it work. <laughs> and there's a, you need. There's a game board. There's a. There's like a board to. Uh, it says it. it's not. It's not actually like a board game. It's a it's a board with some pictures on, so they might be part of the puzzles as well.
2: Some clues, um, some clues to help you uh, piece things together. How many crackers are in the escape room puzzle? There are six. So, thing?
0: I think we can probably open oh. one. Is, is it
2: legal? Is <laughs> it?
0: To my own you, rules. Need to. <laughs> um, you need, if you need. Well, the exemptions to my early Christmas rules are people creating, um, you know, media and publicity for Christmas. So you're allowed to do Christmassy things if you have to for your business.
2: Well, imagine the Great British Bake Off and their Christmas, their inevitable Christmas episode. It gets filmed in the middle of the summer because they're not they're not filming things in November, December. They're filming things, you know, through the through the year. Um so they make a real effort when they're making the set look Christmassy, but it must be so weird if you're if you're filming in December and they've they've put like light lighting filters up to make it look less sunny outside yeah. <laughs> than it really is. Like they, they go to some effort to make it feel as Christmassy as possible, but you can always tell that it's it's not filmed at this time of year at all. Yeah,
0: it's always quite interesting. I, I start getting press releases about about Christmas in June usually, um, which is odd. Uh, Yeah, so there's... It looks a bit like Cluedo. There are rooms. There's the dining room um, on this piece of card, the living room, the vegetable patch, and the garden. And they're all quite nicely illustrated on a solid piece of cardboard. um, Nice. Like a sort of... They're just, just, you know, sort of very basic Cluedo board type thing. And then there's also... um, quiz race, which I think actually we could try a bit of this, this is a bonus game so we don't have to necessarily do the escape room. I mean, the, looking at the escape room, it looks like you get um, a, a, a character like one of the Sprouts mm-hmm. um, you get uh, uh, some some puzzles like in each one, but they oh, they actually look okay. quite difficult, they look like Kind of ciphers and stuff, I don't know. It's
2: These are not... going to be sort of brain, brain-teasy, solve the puzzle to move on to the next room, maybe? Is that oh, is that maybe. what's happening here? We sort of move, move between the different the different zones of, of, of the game i guess in
0: well. the gameplay, yeah, it could well be, couldn't it? So it's that room one, the dining room, uh, answer six riddles to help Sebastian unlock the door to something... So, yeah, you have to kind of work your way through oh, the house, I guess. Uh, brain teasers.
2: So and because form. there are six crackers, as long as your family is, uh, is, is about the right size. Nice. Yeah, so... Yeah, if your family's about the right size, then you or can... Or you just uh, keep, keep
0: popping them with the one person you live with. The other <laughs> or, um, or, you know, a neighbour or, um, yeah, something.
5: This is Peter Fletcher. And Catherine O'Flynn.
0: And Edie.
5: From Shift Run Stop number 23. And we.
0: And Dory.
5: And Dory want to wish all Shifra and Stop listeners Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas!
0: And then, yeah, there's this kind of quiz race booklet that came with it. I could um, try some of these on you now. I think they might, when it says quiz, it looks to me like they're basically cracker jokes uh, that you have to guess the punchline to. So, oh, <laughs> okay.
2: That. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> I'd I certainly <laughs> like to try that.
0: Oh, some of, them are quid, some of them actually are quiz questions, hang on. Uh, what is the name? you'll know this route of the singing snowman in Frozen
2: I do know that that's Olaf
0: yes well done Um, is it
2: spelled O-L-A-F it
0: is is that correct
2: I hope so I don't know I've got two spellings of the name Olaf in my head so I wanted to see how they'd written it down how
0: else would you spell Um, Olaf well you
2: could spell it with PH if you wanted to okay Um, fair
0: enough uh, what time is the Queen's speech traditionally
2: broadcast on Christmas Day? I want to say 3 p.m.
0: Yeah, right. I've
2: got a feeling it might not be on the hour. though. Is that right? Is that 3 it 3
0: o'clock? Yeah, it says it is. Um, yeah, she's usually. I'm actually. On time. I'm
2: running a. Yeah, well, she she will certainly keep to whatever time is allocated. But um, <laughs> if I've learnt anything from watching The Crown, I know that she's a stickler for tradition. Um, those aren't. Those are uh, pre-recorded I'm, I'm, as
1: well, presumably. <laughs> yeah. What
2: well, the, the Crown? It's not no, live. <laughs> <laughs> It's a a multi-camera, multi-camera live broadcast comedy.
1: Olivia Coleman could do the alternative Christmas message.
2: Yeah, she'd be really funny, actually.
1: Hi, Leila and Rue and all the Shift Run Stop listeners. This is Lewis Darnall. I featured way back in episode 21 talking about my research in astrobiology and the hunt for bacterial life on mars uh, well we've still not found any just yet uh, space exploration is a slow moving business but there are a few more mars rovers heading to the next door neighbor planet right now uh, so i hope you've all made it through 2020 mostly intact and have a very merry christmas
5: cheers
0: um so they're quite it's quite a lot of work has gone
2: into it.
3: It
0: looks 4 it 59, 4.99, not even a fiver.
2: Um it's quite like, good for six crackers. I
0: thought like the questions might all be slightly Aldi product themed. That'd be quite interesting. Like what what's, what's the name, the name
2: of... of our famous carrot? <laughs> what, in what year was Kevin the Carrot introduced in Aldi's adverts? What, what? does Aldi, what what later this is a question mm. for you. What does Aldi stand for?
0: Oh, um Oh, I read that article as well, the one about Aldi and Little taking over the world. Um, yeah, it's it's great. their names. It's um, the two German guys' names, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like um, Albert and um, uh, Linus or something. Albert and <laughs> Liam.
2: I think it's simpler. I think it's their surname. I think it's Albrecht Discounts.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds right.
2: I think that's yeah. what Aldi stands for. And um, one of them was Kidnapped. It's a pretty good story. Mm. I, I'm not sure if it was in in um, podcast form, but yeah, I remember remember hearing the story of Aldi and Lidl. It's quite a, yeah, it's quite quite fun. But it's always stuck with me that Aldi stands for Old Discounts. Uh,
1: I I'm just letting you know I I have to drop out. So uh...
0: okay, alright.
1: Bye, Bye, Lee. See you soon. Good to see you.
0: Happy Christmas. You too. When the time comes, which is not yet. <laughs> Happy
2: Christmas <to> you. We're <laughs>
1: allowed to say Christmas anymore. <laughs>
2: And a happy
1: new year. You too. Bye.
3: FaceTimes and Zoos. There's a room inside my mind And it's always here for you Nothing's gonna stop Christmas
2: No chance That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk